Don't need no lucky lotto I eat your face like Tyson When he had lost the motto This is my chance to shine In front of millions And see me back in the building Loyalty Respect A legend can never kill him Coming in the gossip Loyalty Respect Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Your time is up. Our time is now. Welcome to the Making Kayfabe podcast. This is a show where two writers, Bryce and Dylan, take a deep dive into wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and eventually rebook them in a way that makes sense. I am Bryce. I am joined by my good friend Dylan. And today, it's a big one. Today we are going to book the John Cena heel turn and I am so excited. This is the one we've been getting requests on basically every week so I'm delighted to finally deliver it. Hey Dylan, how are you getting on today? Let me just say that this storyline, we've been talking about this one for a while, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was around season one but we've definitely, you have been talking about this one for a while and I'm like that's a great idea if we do this. Uh, I'm really excited about it, you know, and this... finally, um, you're right, people were asking as well, they were like, why did you do this? And you were like, oh, hmm, that's a good idea, guys, why don't I do that? But of course, all along, your mastermind, you you, you had that in your head all along, you know? That's it. Th- 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 this literally has been, like, this This was one of the ideas at the genesis of the Making KPA podcast. Like, when mm. I came to you with the idea, it's like, we could do we could do Summer Punk, like, you could do Taz, like, we could do the John Cena heel turn, NWO, like, all these things. And, like, it, that, I think like, those were the two. Those were the two you said to me. You were like, well, you could do CM Punk or the John Cena thing. And I'm like, wow, yeah, that's a really good idea, you know? Like, I mean, John Cena, man, like, what, what, what the hell can you say about this? Like, he's... He's been overdue a heel turn for at least like ten years now, and I think at this stage, like now that he's in like semi or full retirement, it's probably never going to happen. What, what, what do you think? Like, do, do you think Cena should have turned heel? What if it does happen now? Yeah, How just, fucking wild! As soon as we release this episode, yeah, <laughs> he comes like back to Raw and just John Cena hits. at WrestleMania, right? John Cena comes back. And just like kicks Roman Reigns in the dick, and he's like, "Fuck you, man! This is my house." And then for the next year and a half, it's just fucking the John Cena show. When he comes back for like a full run, it just <laughs> and just annihilates everybody. You're like, "Whoa!" Didn't I mean, need I, that. I'd, I'd be here for it. I'd be here for it. But I, I, I would, I would uh, probably go back to watching WWE if John Cena turned heel. Like even, even these days, like because John Cena, man, he's he's. He is good. He's he's yeah. a fucking brilliant wrestler, and like I'll fight anyone who says he isn't. He's got he's had incredible matches with loads of guys. He's got a great character. He's got great promos. He's a good dude outside the ring, you know. And that's the one thing that's missing from his act, I suppose. Like, I mean, you look at you look at some of the biggest stars in wrestling. Like, you got you got The Rock, like massively popular babyface who turned heel and, and basically became like one of my favorite characters in wrestling with the kind of Hollywood kind of superstar gimmick. You've got Hogan, huge babyface, turned heel, did the NWO thing and basically helped create a wrestling boom period. Stone Cold Steve Austin, slightly more polarizing with his heel turn, but I enjoyed it and it was a success. And you just mentioned Roman Reigns there, fucking nailing it as a heel um, as we record this in 2021. So... Yeah. Roman Reigns is definitely the one you could you could say that's that's the kind of thing John Cena could have done, you know? Yes. 
Um, even with The Rock, though, like, the, remember The Rock started off as, like, a big, squeaky, clean baby face, and everybody oh. hated that. So once he turned heel, like, the first time, You're like, right. it made, it was, it was perfect, right? Because people hated him anyway, so they were like, fuck it, let's just give him a reason to boo him, you know? And then that got him over to where yeah. people liked him again. So, like, it's, it's subtle, but the, 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 the good guys can pull it off. You know, The Rock easily pulled it off. And John Cena, like you said, is, is incredibly talented. You know, anybody, especially these days, at the point we're at now, anybody who looks at John Cena and goes, ah, like I just is a shitty wrestler, you're insane. You're an idiot, yeah. right? Let's be. You yeah. might not like him, fair enough, but you kind of look at that guy and go, "He's a shitty wrestler." I mean, let's come on now, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think everyone. I think everyone does know he's a good wrestler. It was a great. It reminds me of a moment at the. Um, I think it was one at Stand Two Thousand and Six, where the the crowd are just like so like venomously anti Cena, and he's fighting Rob Van Dam, and he does like a move. I think it's like a. I think it's like a top rope powerbomb or something, and like the crowd start chanting, "You still suck." <laughs> which is like you know like which is like man that was okay that that was pretty cool you know like, but you yeah. still suck like. Like, it's nice but we still hate you exactly like so i think even the most anti-cena people like appreciate the cena is good and like there's not many huge stars in wrestling who haven't had a kind of strong heel run after kind of reaching the top of the card i mean event it seems like the natural thing to do in wrestling and john cena just avoided it somehow there is there's legit reasons for that which i'll i'll go into in the episode but even uh you know i accept the arguments against it but it doesn't make me not want to see a john cena heel turn um i think it would have been incredible it would have made the the most of the you know like i said the straight up hate that cena was getting back in the day and it just would have totally refreshed his character at any point and it would have made WWE a much more interesting show to watch and yeah like as you can see with roman reigns like i think Cena would have been an even bigger star had he turned to you but hey um i'm waffling so should should i go into a little (laughs) (laughs) we do this a lot at the the start of the episode but should should i go into a little bit of backstory on john cena and his two turn that never happens heck yeah all right let's do it So, like, similarly to my Kurt Angle episode, it's, it's not worth doing a full breakdown of Cena's career. He's too famous. Like, everyone knows the story. And if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard the name John Cena and know what the guy is all about. So, this is a slightly different spin from making kayfabe because this isn't quite a rebooking because it never happened. It's just booking. With that in mind, instead of telling you about his career at length, I did some, instead I'd done some analysis and research into John Cena's heel turn. Because believe it or not, it, it's not just folklore, it was planned to happen at one point. And, and I'll go into that now. So the best evidence we have on a John Cena heel turn is an interview that Wade Keller of Pro Wrestling Torch did with former WWE writer Kevin Eck back in 2017. Here's a, here's a direct quote from Kevin Eck about WWE's plans to turn John Cena heel after his first match with The Rock at WrestleMania 28. So, Eck said, Vince had agreed to do it, but then he changed his mind and said, we can't do it. This was back around the time when McMahon was really looking at Sheamus to get his push, the John Cena push. And the question was, if we turn John Cena heel, then who is he going to work with? Who will be the top babyface? That was the feeling back then, then we came up with some scenarios, and believe it or not, Cena was on board with it. But right around that time, there was a big clothing line for John Cena at Kmart, and Vince McMahon was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, he had a deal. He has a deal with Kmart, and now we're going to turn him heel." So, get Kevin X. This is still the quote. 
Tamar is to blame for John Cena not turning heel. During a meeting once, Vince had a huge smile on his face and he tells everyone that I know you've wanted John Cena to turn heel for a long time, but we just can't turn him heel. And that was the end of that. So, yeah, that, that that's the best insight I could find into the whole John Cena heel turn. Basically, Kmart killed any chance we had of a John Cena heel turn. Like, for, for us in the UK, I think the equivalent of Kmart is like <laughs> Tesco, <laughs> Sainsbury's. Um, Fucking Kmart. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? Like, uh, they ruined it again. Why are they uh, always stepping in and ruining all the rest time. of the events? Every time. Like, can you imagine like Sainsbury's having any effect on pro wrestling at all? <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't it? That would be very weird. It would be very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, as it happens, Kevin Eck is now employed as a writer for Ring of Honor, which is cool. Um, got a great name as well. Oh, Kevin Eck. Kevin Eck. <laughs> for Eck's <for> sake. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that both Vince McMahon and John Cena were on board for the 2012 year turn. You know, apparently WWE had some new ring gear made for Cena. They've recorded some new theme music for him. And then, what do you know? Fucking Kmart. Fucking Kmart. God damn Fucking it. Fucking Kmart. Every time. Every single time. Honestly. So angry at Kmart. The worst. The worst. They're the worst. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer backs up the whole merch sales roadblock for Cena's heel turn in the August 28th, 2014 Observer newsletter, where he said, Right now, the idea of turning John Cena heel would be mind-bogglingly stupid. The key is merchandise. With Brian Punk gone, Cena's merchandise was recently and may still be out selling the entire rest of the roster combined. Heel turns kill merch sales, not to mention ticket sales to kids, which make up a strong percentage of the WWE audience. And the Cena shows this year were doing more than $60,000 above the non-Cena shows in ticket sales. So, like, I think with those two bits of insight... It's pretty clear where we haven't seen a John Cena heel turn. The guy, as a babyface, was just making so much money for WWE. And because WWE fucking suck at building new babyface stars, there's nobody who could outsell Cena in the merchandise department. And that's what that's one of the reasons anyway. And even to this day, like, can, can you name one person who WWE has successfully built as a babyface superstar, like, on the same level as Cena, Austin, Hogan, Rock, etc.? Uh, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. I'd I'd even I'd even say Mysterio was before. Yeah, John Cena. I mean they didn't uh, really. Yeah, you know they didn't really build up Mysterio either, did they? I mean he was a pretty yeah. big deal before he got into the company. I was just trying to think of a name. Yeah, it's hard, it doesn't did. it? You, you you could argue Reigns, but he got the same treatment as Cena. Like just booze wherever he went, and like I don't think Daniel Bryan counts because WWE did everything they could to fucking <laughs> not make him a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> like I think a guy who is legitimately on his way to becoming the next megastar is Drew McIntyre. You know, because yeah. he is he, he he's got a long way to go, and he hasn't actually appeared in front of a crowd as the top babyface yet. But you can see that the approval's high on him, and you know, I, I don't see him getting booed when fans come back. But no. you know, who knows? Kind of thing. <laughs> That's true. But, who knows? I mean, Drew's, knows? Drew's been doing a really good job this whole pandemic. Yeah. Drew's like one of the MVPs of this whole fucking thing because he is every time you see him, he's knocking out of the park with no fans there, and he's doing it. You know. Exactly, it's so admirable because literally Drew McIntyre, he's doing these shows as top babyface. There's no crowd reaction in in the Thunderdome. Like, there's nothing. It's just silence. So you know he's essentially carrying this company right now, carrying Raw at least on the basis of having no fan interaction, and that's uh, respectable in itself. So, 
But yeah, like WWE, they're just shit at building big names, and and that's why we've got fucking Bill Goldberg, uh, you know, main eventing in in twenty twenty one. So but anyway, another reason you've also got things like you know, Make a Wish to bear in mind. Make a Wish, of course, is a it's a charity that grants wishes to like children with critical illnesses. They arrange meetups with the kids' favorite football player or actor or wrestler. You know, John Cena. Fair fucking play to the guy. Tons of respect. He holds a record for most wishes granted. Right now he's over 650, which is just an insane number. Um, you know, 650 kids that John Cena's went and, you know, essentially made their day, you know. That's more than Justin Bieber, Michael Jordan, the Jonas Brothers, Selena Gomez, and, like, other huge names. And, and even to this day, like, when he's not as active in wrestling, the dude's still meeting these poor kids and making their day. Um, you know, so that's that's got to be a huge reason to... Uh, I've seen some... I've seen some videos, I've seen his Make-A-Wish visits, and you can really see the excitement on, on the faces of the kids he meets. It's, it's heartwarming stuff. Like Hats off to the guy. Yeah, that's true. The guy seems like, uh, you know, he really goes out and loves doing that stuff, and it's a really, yeah. really solid thing that he's doing, you know? Yeah. Just er- everything you see of him, like, outside the ring, he just seems like the most stand-up dude ever. Like, just mm-hmm. er- everything you see about him, his interviews and his make voice things, and, like, you know, just uh, seems like a top dude. So, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so I understand all the reasons, like, merch sales, no one to replace him as top babyface, charity ventures, etc. If one wrestler's disposition is making WWE millions upon millions, why would you stop that? Like, right. if you've got nobody to lead the company as top babyface, it makes sense to keep Cena in that role because... You know he's always going to be there. He's always going to show up, you know. And the same goes for all these kids who look up to and idolize Cena. Like, I don't know for sure if this would happen, but if WWE turned the the Make-A-Wish world record holder heel, would that result in bad PR? Who knows? Anyway, it's it's not stopped WWE from teasing a John Cena heel turn on occasions. There was a storyline with Kane. It started in 2012, where Kane was trying to force Cena to embrace the hate. Obviously, this was at the height of the, the fan disapproval of Cena. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks and the rest. In 2013, Cena did a heel turn on a Monday night, episode of Monday Night Raw, but like it was literally a heel turn. Like he, he teased the fans in the yeah. middle of a promo by like turning his heel <laughs> a little kind of dance. Like, do you remember that? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Got him. Uh, and as recently as, as last year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 36, uh, references were made to John Cena's heel turn. So this was in the, the Firefly Funhouse match with Bray Wyatt, which was fucking weird. Uh, yeah. And extremely difficult to explain, but. Essentially, the match was a cinematic match, and and it touched on like the key moments of John Cena's career, like him debuting against Kurt Angle, his rapper gimmick, etc. His heel turn. It was kind of referenced when, through the powers of Bray Wyatt, Cena appears as Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the NWO, and like, <laughs> how do you explain this in the audio podcast? How do you how do you explain this in the slightest? That's... Well, the way I tried to do it was that. It's not really a match, right? That's not a no. wrestling match. But what it is, it's a really interesting, like, introspective look into John Cena's career after the mm-hmm. fact. So Bray Wyatt's kind of going, now that you got to this point, look at all the shit you've done, not just to me, but to other people you, that you didn't realize you were doing, but mm. it's it negatively impacted the rest of the wrestling business. And that made John Cena think about himself and his character, which allowed Bray Wyatt to get the upper hand, shall we say. You know, yeah. um because I wouldn't class that as a wrestling match. And as a wrestling match, it's terrible. But as a little piece of like, <laughs> as as a way like a heel messes with a BB face, very interesting. Yeah. You know? 
I, I loved it. Like, um, I, I love all this blacky shit in wrestling, to be honest. I think, I think that's where we differ. Like, I really <laughs> yeah, enjoy cinematic yeah, matches yeah, and, like, yeah. you just, uh, you know, for them, hate, which is fair enough. I hate cinematic. But I got to say, the ones at WrestleMania, the Bonesaw match, no, the Boneyard match, Bonesaw bone match, that the would be amazing. Match. The Bonesaw oh, match. Oh, yeah, brother. I got it in my head because I was doing that thing. The Boneyard match and that John Cena thing. I'm like, those are the best ones, in my opinion, because they were the most interesting. Yeah. You know, um, but that's a whole other that's a whole other kettle of fish right there. I, I won't get you started on the AEW cinematic matches. Don't. don't. <laughs> Just quickly, did you see the Sting one? No, I heard it was good. I actually heard that one was pretty good. It was very good. You should check it out. You should definitely yeah. check it out. I loved it. But yeah, anyway, back to back to Cena. So like, for me personally, I think uh, an amazing example of heel Cena was like before all of that stuff, before the Firefly Funhouse, before um, you know the fake heel turn, before the Kane feud, and it was what we mentioned earlier. It was his match against Rob Van Dam in front of the, the kind of pro ECW crowd. Maybe pro ECW is putting it a little bit too lightly. Um, he basically he wrestled in front of two thousand fans who literally wanted his blood, and he was forced into being a heel that match. And he did it so well, like from his entrance right up to the end of the match. And he was just, uh, yeah, just a total professional heel uh, for the whole match, which was really good. But overall, like going back to my original point, I don't think this would have been as much of an issue if WWE had another Cena level start take over. And of course they didn't. That's why Cena headlined WrestleMania with The Rock two years in a row. They literally had to bring in The Rock as a bona fide superstar, maybe the last superstar WWE made before Cena, you know, to help steer the load on on Cena's shoulders. I don't think I need to remind you, Dylan, of who Cena was headlining WrestleMania with before The Rock. Reno. Yeah, yeah, Reno. Yeah, just let's let's just say it was Reno. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. <laughs> There's nothing that I can, I can imagine of that. Why would but, they make that the headline of WrestleMania, for God's sake? I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's probably better than what it was. Like, WrestleMania 27? I don't remember. John Cena versus The Miz? I don't, didn't, didn't remember. <laughs> Still don't remember. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah. I've done some research onto like forums and stuff, like Reddit and all the rest, and I think it's agreed that the perfect time to turn John Cena heel was when WWE were originally planned to turn him heel, which was back in 2012 after his WrestleMania 28 match with The Rock. And that's where we're going to focus on today's booking. So, WrestleMania 28, the once in a lifetime match, which actually happened twice, but. To be fair to WWE, they didn't specify which lifetime. You know, maybe they meant. <laughs> Maybe they meant like a house mouse or a dragonfly or a chameleon, which all have lifespans of less than a year. Yes, I looked that up. But yeah, WrestleMania 28, after a year of build, The Rock defeated John Cena in the main event in a match that lasted 30 minutes and 35 seconds. They would meet again one year later at WrestleMania 29 in a rematch that John Cena would win, making them even, basically. And today I'm going to examine what could have happened in between WrestleMania 28 and 29. I'm going to take a stab at picturing how the Cena heel turn could have come around. I'm going to try and cover a whole year here, which isn't something I do often. But I feel this story basically had to cover the whole year because there needs to be a a whole lot of shit happening to make this work, basically. So, my friend, is there anything you want to cover before I dive into today's booking? I'm good, man. Like the, The one question I have was what period of John Cena's career were you going to be reimagining and you've answered that question so now i'm just excited to hear how you can book the this this whole scenario yeah man oh here we go here's how i would book the john cena heel turn here we go 
Now, the start of this, what should have happened, is actually going to be pretty damn similar to what actually happened. The reason for that is that for a while, I think WWE had the right idea for turning John Cena heel. And to be honest, I'd be surprised if they weren't actively considering it at the time until you know they got the, the swerve from Kmart. Uh, so I'll spend a short while outlining the kind of genesis of the John Cena heel turn and what leads to it, and then we'll take it from there. So first question... Do you remember who John Cena got into a feud with immediately after losing to The Rock? Oh, don't make it be The Miz. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're, it's, it's, it's the furthest thing from The Miz. <laughs> oh, somebody good? Yeah. Oh, uh, what year was this? 2012. So somebody That's returned in 2012. Some, a big name returned in 2012. The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could have been Undertaker. Like you, yeah, the clues, the clues would have said Undertaker. So, but yeah, Brock Lesnar. So, on the Raw after WrestleMania 28, which was April 2nd, John Cena called out The Rock to accept his loss to the Great One. He wanted to congratulate him on his victory, but instead of The Rock, out comes Big Bastard Brock Lesnar making his WWE return after eight years. He F5 Cena in the middle of the ring, and the feud begins. So. I'm going to change something here with the benefit of hindsight. Lesnar came in being aligned with John Laurinaitis, which ah. kind of felt flat. <laughs> <laughs> About as flat oh. as John Laurinaitis' fucking personality. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have John Laurinaitis involved with anything here. To be totally honest, I wouldn't have John Laurinaitis involved in anything ever. Oh, but especially... It, <laughs> uh, so Bro- Brock Lesnar, he's going to come in on his own accord and he's going to go straight for the biggest star in the company. But here's the thing, these are going to be random attacks. You know, John Cena doesn't know when to expect Brock Lesnar, so the guy's on high alert, he's always looking out for him. The next week, April 9th, it's announced that Brock Lesnar challenges Jock Jock Cena? (laughs) Fucking hell. It's announced that Brock Lesnar challenges John Cena to a match at the next pay-per-view, Extreme Rules. And of course, again, this did happen in real life, so John Cena, big babyface, is going to come down to the ring and accept the challenge, but... When he's accepting the challenge, he's going to be interrupted again. But this time it's not Lesnar. This time it's somebody else. And now I'm going to really test your knowledge, Dylan, because this is obscure as fuck. But do you remember who else John Cena had a mini-feud with in April of 2012? Uh, So it's going to be somebody I don't expect. It's going to be somebody you don't expect. It's somebody who... Wait, I'll I'll try and narrow it down for you. So they, They were a big part of the kind of latter attitude era, I would say. Um, they were in a tag team in the in the latter half of the Attitude Era. They came back in 2012 under a new gimmick, uh, which came in really strong. And like WWE normally do, they do fuck all with it. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, Lord Tensai. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> damn it! Oh, you're you're zero for two, man. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's really funny is I actually I was I was so confident with the Shelton Benjamin one, and I'm like, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin wasn't even in the Attitude Era. You fucking idiot! <laughs> I did say he was in a tag team, but yeah. <laughs> Lord Tensai. If if you couldn't remember Brock Lesnar, you're not going to remember Lord Tensai. <laughs> <so. laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 But yeah, that that's a blast from the past, man. Like. My boy A-Train with a shaven back. A-Train. Uh, he, he was Albert. I, I'll always remember Albert, this. Yeah. Prince Albert. TNA. Yeah. TNA with Trish Stratus and Test. Our boy yeah. Test. I'm well, he, was, Test. He, he, was, um, he was Prince Albert before that, whenever he was tagging with oh, yeah. Draws, I think. I think he was tagging <laughs> yeah, with Draws. Tattoo artist, then, right? Yeah. And then he was tagging with the 
the boss man for some reason. But he tagged with a lot of people, and it just didn't stick. Oh, he went on to tag with Broadus Clay as well. So there you go. Oh, mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, basically, he uh, he he returned at this time with a new look, like basically dressing up like a Japanese like samurai or warlord or whatever. He had a kind of Japanese calligraphy, like fake tattooed over his body and his head, and like I thought he looked badass, but. It was an interesting gimmick to me at the time, but like a lot of WWE gimmicks, as I mentioned, Tensai's push was dropped and he was dancing in lingerie within a year of his debut when he, like yeah. I say, the Bros Clay in a comedy tag team. So That yeah. sounds about right, doesn't it? Sounds like WWE. Mm-hmm. A- anyway, back to the story. So Cena is going to be interrupted by the debuting Lord Tensai, but then all of a sudden when Tensai is walking down to the ring, Cena is attacked from behind by Brock Lesnar, who F5s him and leaves Cena lying in the ring again. And after this, Lesnar leaves and Tensai adds insult to injury, just attacking Cena when he's down. The next week, April 16th Raw, we're going to have John Cena versus Lord Tensai in an Extreme Rules match. So, no, this is an Extreme <laughs> Rules match, uh, not the Extreme Rules pay-per-view where Cena will face Lesnar. And I don't know if you remember this, Dylan, probably not, because you don't remember Tensai at all, but in real life, Lord Tensai won that match. Like, he what? legitimately beat John Cena on this episode of Raw. I, I shit you not. I mean, it was after interference from John Laurinaitis, David Otunga, Tensai's manager, Sakimoto, and Tensai using the Green Mist, but like that. Fuck that. I mean, like, let, let's be honest here. Some of that interference, like, that wouldn't even put, like, Johnny Ace interfering in my match wouldn't put me down. Yeah. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? I think I can take on Johnny Ace and whoever I'm fighting. Uh, green yeah. Mist, though. That, that would knock you in your ass. Oh, dude, that stings. Yeah. That's it. Green, green Mist, man. That's, that's one of the worst kinds. But yeah, like, basically, I, I'd keep that the same again. So I'd have Tensai win. I'd maybe put the blame on John Cena being anxious about Lesnar interfering because it's an Extreme Rules match, so anything goes. But, you know, you don't need three guys interfering and the stereotypical green mist to have Tensai win. Tensai is another rebooking we're going to do in future. But anyway, Tensai wins. But, like, if it's an anything goes match, like, that's fine. The green mist makes sense. Why, like, why with the other fucking interference? You don't need that shit. Exactly. Like it just ruins Tensai's gimmick from the start because he needs three guys to come in and help him beat John Cena. You know? <laughs> three shitty guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So fucking hell, John Lerner is David Otunga and Sakamoto, which was his little manager. This is the shittiest bunch of people interfering a match ever. Probably is ever. <laughs> All right, Raw, April twenty third. It's gonna be a contract signing for John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. Lesnar doesn't appear, but Paul Heyman does, making his return to WWE to advocate for Brock Lesnar. And he cuts a promo on Cena. Cena cuts a promo back. Heyman signs a contract on Brock Lesnar's behalf. And what do you know? Brock Lesnar appears in the ring to FI Cena through the contract signing table because we all know you can't legally have a contract signing in WWE without somebody going through a table. So... Extreme Rules 2012. It's John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. So, in real life... Inexplicably, John Cena beat Brock Lesnar. But for the sake of this storyline, that doesn't happen. Brock Lesnar's going to beat John Cena in this one. Uh, it's his fucking comeback match. Like You don't beat Brock Lesnar in his first match in eight years. WWE had given up all hope of John Cena turning the heel at this point, so Cena had to get his stock up. But no. In this storyline, they had the same brutal match at the last 17 minutes, but Brock Lesnar beats Cena with the F5. Done. Brock Lesnar beats John Cena. The next night on Raw, um, but back by the way, I'm I'm not going to go week to week for a whole year, and we'd be here yeah. for fucking forever. But it, like, it, I want 
it's tough to do it really like that much you know what i mean especially for a whole year you just kind of got hit the high points you know exactly and basically what i want to do is i want to i want to start doing week to week to kind of really cement the reasoning for john cena's heels turn because like too often in wwe a wrestler is baby phase one week and then he was the next like with no build-up or explanation for the heel turn you know we need to know why john cena's turning heel and make it understandable so brief catch up where we're here so in, in the last month john cena's lost to the rock John Cena's lost to Lord Tensai, and John Cena's lost to Brock Lesnar. The guy's in a losing streak, something we have never seen from John Cena. And on Raw, Cena's going to address this. You know, he hasn't he hasn't had the best of luck recently. He's in a losing streak, and he knows it. So he realizes that he needs to reset. You know, start at the bottom, work his way back up, climb that ladder by collecting wins. So to do this, he's going to offer an open challenge to anybody on the roster. Now, the person who accepts this challenge needs to be a, a cocky kind of heel, a mid-card level, who can cut a decent short promo. Doesn't matter too much who it actually is, but it's not going to play too much into the story, but... Sheldon dude, Benjamin. I, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> no, I, I was going to make it The Miz, just to screw with you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got in there before The Miz. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not going to be The Miz. Um, Shelton Benjamin wasn't on the roster at that time, so oh. I had to look at the 2012 <laughs> <it> roster. <laughs> he was in New Japan or something. But yeah, not doing I've well just... at this one. No, <laughs> just 2012, not your mastermind specialist oh, subject. No. <laughs> um, I looked at the 2012 roster. I've decided it's going to be Alberto Del Rio, who comes out and accepts the open challenge from John Cena. Before he gets to the ring, though, he's going to poke the bear. He's going to acknowledge Cena's losing streak. He's going to acknowledge how the fa- acknowledge how the fans hate him and just want to see him leave. And this is this is one of the first times WWE are going to acknowledge this. Like after after the feud he had with Kane and embracing the hate, you know, now we're going to revisit it because going on a losing streak hasn't helped John Cena's popularity with the fans one bit. You know, the Cena sucks chants are you know getting louder. So. Del Rio is a heel, but he's going to have no problem getting the crowd to start chanting that. You know, Cena sucks, Cena sucks, Cena sucks. Like I say, poking the bear. Meanwhile, Cena's in the ring and he's selling it. You know, the look in his face says it all. He's fucking furious. you got to wonder, are these chants finally starting to get to Cena? And as soon as Del Rio enters the ring, Cena starts on the attack and the bell rings to start the match. And these two had some good matches back in the day, so we'll have them go 10-15 minutes. Crucially, however, Cena's not winning this one. Del Rio is going to score the flash pinfall, meaning that Cena is still on his losing streak. And once the pinfall happens and Cena has officially lost the match, he wastes no time in kicking seven shades of shit out of Del Rio. He's relentless in his assault, which is just born out of sheer frustration. The the Cena sucks chants are going to continue in the background while he does it. The commentary team are going to be frantically asking if Cena's lost his mind. It's chaos, utter chaos. Cena's going to have Del Rio on the mat. He'll be on top of him, laying punch after punch after punch after punch. If we can get away with it, we'd have Del Rio Blade at some point to show how brutal the beatdown was. After what seems like hours, Cena stands up, he looks down at Del Rio, looks at his own hands, and his face just turns to abject regret. And the guys, the guy looks like he's about to cry, you know, like, meanwhile, Cena sucks, Cena sucks, Cena sucks, the chants are still going. John Cena leaves the arena without a word. He's gone, and he basically he's leaving Alberto Del Rio in a pool of his own blood. And from here, we're going to give John Cena some time off. So for the next few weeks, he's not going to appear on Raw. 
he'll be mentioned once or twice, but whenever someone brings up his name, it's going to be quickly dismissed with a, you know, he's just taking some time off. He's just having a little holiday. And meanwhile, Del Rio is injured. He's not going to be seen for a while to sell the beating that Cena gave him. Anyway, it's, it's said that he's a scumbag in real life, so fuck him. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've heard stories. Uh, but yeah, the next pay per view is yeah, the next pay per view is Over the Limit, uh, which is May twenty of two thousand and twelve. And one week prior to this, we're going to advertise that John Cena is going to be making up an apology to Del Rio and to the fans for his actions a few weeks prior. Uh, interesting. And that's what's going to happen. Cena's going to appear at Over the Limit. In real life, you're going to love this. In real life, over the limit 2012. Can uh, you guess who he was headlining against? Shelton Benjamin. No, John Laurinaitis. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking bollocks. <laughs> what? Utter bollocks. Utter bollocks. Like that was legitimately, <laughs> dude. Like that is like your your booking is so shit that you have to rely on John Cena versus John Laurinaitis main eventing a pay per view, oh and my like. God. Do I know that? Do I know the best part? The best oh. part is, do you know what other match you had on that card? You had CM Punk, Punk versus... versus Daniel Bryan oh, for the it's... WWE Championship, which was not the main event because John Laurinaitis was. So <laughs> you can't means... see me, but I'm throwing my hands up in the air like, oh, what the fuck, you know? Like... <laughs> well, you can you can see me either, but I have my hands like clutched against my face, <laughs> like oh my god, like they're pulling down my eyelids. Like I can't believe that, but I can believe that. Exactly. That that's how shit it was back then. That that's this this is kind of my point. Like as on the side, this is this is the ideal time for seeing it turn oh, heel yeah. because what is he doing otherwise? Just feuding with John Laurinaitis, which was fucking awful. So yeah, th- this was the perfect time to turn him heel. So. And that is the proof. <laughs> That's basically yep. the proof right there. Like the main event, like fucking hell. Anyway, fucking hell. Where, where, where was I? Yeah, it just makes me so frustrated. But uh, Cena is appearing over the limit and he's going to apologize. So he's going to get in the mic. And by the way, the Cena sucks chance haven't subsided at all. And he's going to admit that he was wrong for doing what he did to Alberto Del Rio. He's going to mention that he's paying in full for Alberto de Rio's hospital bills and plastic surgery, uh, you know, as a way of trying to make amends for what he did. He apologizes to the fans. I'm sorry you had to see me like that. I was in a dark place, etc. And he gets halfway through his apology before he is interrupted by the intellectual saviour of the masses, Damien Sandow. Um, obviously a heel who thinks he's better than everyone and, you know, like Del Rio, is going to poke the bear. So Damien Sandow, as noted, that the saviour of the masses, and that that's the very masses who Cena is addressing in his apology. And as a representative, Sandow doesn't accept John Cena's apology. After all, John Cena acted reprehensibly. You know, he, he endangered a co-worker outside of his job as a contracted WWE wrestler. Sandow feels that nobody is safe in the locker room, and, and rather than apologise, Cena should resign from WWE. And Cena glares at Sandow. Cena says, you know, WWE is the only thing in my life that I love. I will not retire. However, you have my word that what happened with Del Rio will not happen again. And then there's like an awkward silence and Cena is glaring at Sandow like he wants to kill him. And this would be a good time for Sandow to leave, but he doesn't. Instead, he wonders what would happen to him if he started a John Cena sucks chant. And again, like Sandow, big, annoying, detestable heel, but he's had no issues with starting an anti-Cena chant at the time because John Cena was just so damn unpopular. And that's what he does. He gets the whole building chanting, Cena sucks, Cena sucks, Cena sucks. 
the very chant that made John Cena go just ape shit, you know, a few weeks ago. And that was a mistake. So, you know, instigated by the anti-Cena chance, Cena grabs Damien Sandow by the neck and squeezes hard. They've both dropped their microphones, but, you know, he's Cena, he backs Sandow into the turnbuckles, the close-up camera hears every word. John Cena says, through gritted teeth to Damien Sandow, do not test me, I'm warning you. And he holds him there for a good 30 seconds, like, Sandow's face is just, like, full of fear and intimidation, but... Luckily, that gives Cena time to collect himself before he does any real damage, like what he did to Del Rio. So Cena, he's gonna he's gonna leave the ring and the arena, and again, he's not gonna be seen that night. And from there, Cena's gonna take another break. So that's right, more time off. Clearly, the last few weeks weren't enough for him to get over that, that little speed bump in his life. Cena's real in-ring comeback is going to be scheduled for the next big pay-per-view, which was No Way Out, June seventeenth, two thousand and twelve. In real life, John Cena main evented this card with a cage match against the Big Show. Slight improvement from his main event with John Laurinaitis. The card also, this, 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 this is so 2012 by the way, the card also featured matches like Sin Cara versus Hunico, Santino Morella versus Ricardo Rodriguez, oh. Brodus Clay versus David Otunga, uh. and, and Ryback versus, get, get this, Ryback versus Dan Delaney and Rob Grimes, aka John Silver from AEW. So, wow. Yeah, fun fact there. I didn't expect to see John Silver on a WWE pay-per-view back in 2012. But I mean, to, be, to be fair, I imagine he's not doing a whole lot on that pay-per-view. If he's against oh, he's, right he's, back he's, in 2012, yeah. it's like he's not getting his shit in, you know? He, he is jobber B, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird to see him, though. He must, must have been very young back then because he's only like 30 now. So, But yeah, in, in this rebooking, though, John Cena is going to be scheduled to face Damien Sandow. So, makes sense. Damien Sandow pissed Cena off. They've got a little bit of a misunderstanding going. So, let's have them wrestle at No Way Out in John Cena's big comeback match. And on the Raw is leading up to No Way Out. John Cena is nowhere to be seen. But Damien Sandow is basically going to be carrying the feud with promos and taking shots at Cena. We both know that Sandow is a good promo. And it's a shame that his intellectual saviour of the masses gimmick didn't go further, really. But yeah, in the lead up to No Way Out, Sandow is not only going to be metaphorically plunging the knife into Cena's chest, but he's going to be twisting it too. So now we're at No Way Out. It's John Cena versus Damien Sandow. And John Cena, he's going to come out to booze from the crowd. The usual, you know, John Cena sucks, John Cena sucks. And through the night, you're going to hear, you know, the high-pitched, let's go Cena, and the lower-pitched and louder, Cena sucks chants. So let's go Cena, Cena sucks. When Cena comes out, it, it, it basically appears like he's healed. Um, all of the mental scarring from the last couple of months like he's doing his usual entrance he's run down to the ring posing for the fans all that stuff it's like the old John Cena is back Sandow comes out the match starts and, and it's, it's like a normal match for a while so they wrestle back and forth nothing really stands out but there's a ref bump and the ref's going to go down he can't see anything Damien Sandow hits John Cena with a low blow making kayfabe favourite Sandow hits Cena with his finishing move, the Terminus, which is like a neckbreaker. And the referee comes comes to just in time to count the one, two, three. Damien Sandow has beaten John Cena. And Sandow, he celebrates in the ring. 
He over-celebrates in the ring. Big fucking mistake. John Cena is not down for long. John Cena gets up. The camera focuses on his face. And this is a look that we've seen from Cena before. It's the same look he had in his face when he beat the shit out of Del Rio. It's the same look he had on his face when he almost lost control of himself against Sandow last month. And he's wearing that same look. Sandow turns around and he's met with a clothesline from Cena. Sandow falls to the mat. Cena follows him, laying in rights and lefts and rights and lefts and rights and lefts to Sandow's forehead. Cena is going insane. Referees come down to the ring to try and pull Cena away from Sandow, but it's no good. Cena is too big and too strong. He keeps laying in these shots on Sandow. And eventually Cena stands up and, and everyone thinks that he's going to leave, but he doesn't. He rolls out of the ring. He searches under the ring for something and, and pulls out a steel chain. Uh, it's the same steel chain he used as a weapon way back in 2003 under his Dr. Fuckonomics gimmick. He re-enters the ring. He wraps the chain around his fist and it just continues the assault on Damien Sandow. Like, now his left and rights are, are even more brutal because of the cold, hard steel chain wrapped around his fist. Sandow's unconscious, but Cena's still laying in shots, and now wrestlers are coming down to the ring to help the referees, and finally, eventually, they manage to separate Cena from Sandow, and the chain is covered in blood, if we get away with that in this era, if we can't, there's no blood, but either way, the camera's focused on Cena and the destruction that he's caused. Cena, he's still got that awful look in his face. The crowd are still chanting, Cena sucks. And Cena's walking up the ramp. He shouts to the crowd at the top of his voice, you don't know what you've done. And now shit's got real. Shit is real. Shit is very real right now. I mean, Monday shit, Night Raw. shit was real in real life when they had John Laurinaitis on the show headlining yeah, that, that, but that was no, literally dude, like dude literally. Shit, shit wasn't real that was really shit <laughs> but, but oh but it was real we were really watching that shit yeah it was really really we're really watching that really shit yeah yeah okay now we're uh, getting confusing yeah let's just get back to the yeah shit's real monday night raw june 18th 2012 the night after no way out john cena he's gonna come out to new music and i've put this little clip at the intro of the episodes but that, that was the theme that was rumoured to be John Cena's heel entrance music. Uh, if you want to hear the full version, just go and search John Cena, Hustle, Loyalty and Respect into YouTube. But already this is intriguing. There's there's no more, you know, ba ba da ba That's been replaced by this heavy bass and, and gruff vocal rap. Cena is also no longer wearing his colourful t-shirts that he was famous for. He wears a black plain t-shirt and black jeans, devoid of any colour whatsoever. And he enters the ring and he gets in the microphone and it's time for John Cena to address what happened at No Way Out last night. It's time for him to address what he did to Damien Sandow. Here's what he says. I want to start by saying that I do not apologise for my actions last night. They were a long time coming. Really, what happened last night should have happened way sooner, so I'm not going to apologise, but I'll tell you who should apologise, who should apologise for what I did to Damien Sandow, to Alberto Del Rio, and that's you. It's every single one of you. It's you in the audience, it's you watching at home, and it's you in the backstage area right now. Every single one of you are responsible for my actions as of late. You should be apologising and begging for my forgiveness. For the majority of my career in WWE, every single day I preached hustle, loyalty, and respect. 
that is what I've given to you fans. Every time you see me on this television show, every time you see me in talk show segments, the news and interviews in the ring, I have given you hustle, loyalty and respect. But recently, I've been wondering, have I been getting the same back from you? Has hustle, loyalty and respect been reciprocated by you? And then I realised, no, it hasn't. I don't get hustle, loyalty and respect. Instead, I get hassle, disloyalty and neglect. That's good. I like that bit. Thank you. I didn't want it to go down this way. You need to know that. I was never going to come anywhere near the side of myself for as long as my WWE career lasted. I was as far away from this side of myself as I possibly could be. I was at the foot of the mountain, but you, you fans, you pushed me right to the top of the mountain. And for years, I've been dangling off the edge of the cliff, pushing back with all my might against you and your Tia sucks chance. But I could only hold on for so long. And now you don't know what you've done. You've unleashed a monster because I am tired, tired of being the stand-up John Cena. I am tired of being Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, and that is bad news for everyone on the WWE roster. For years, you've been trying to crush my spirit, trying to crush the things that I love. Well, it's time for me to return the favour. I'm going to seek out every person on this roster who you love to cheer, who you idolise, who you respect, and I'm going to make sure they never wrestle again. I'm going to give them the beatdown of their life and make them regret that they ever came to this place. WWE is the John Cena show. It has been since 2002, and I don't have any more room for supporting cast. It's time for me to trim the fat from WWE to go after all your favourite wrestlers, and I'm starting with you, CM Punk. <gasps> Not my favourite wrestler. There CM Punk go. is Listen. one of my favourite wrestlers, to be fair. Yeah. There you go. That's it. He's talking to you. He's not talking to the fans. He's talking to you. Well, uh, fuck you, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fight you at the main event uh, fast lane or whatever the fuck. What was it? <laughs> no way out. Fuck it. <laughs> me, and, me and Johnny Yes <laughs> versus John Cena. Book oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, they see me get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Which is it? This, that's how you book in wrestling. That's that. That's exactly how you book. You want to see my get my ass kicked? Well, like pay sixty dollars to come yeah, to see exactly. the event. Exactly, exactly. So, Cena continues. He says, "CM Punk, you are one of the main reasons these fans turned on me." They turned on me simply because I am not you. Because they thought John Cena was a product of the WWE system and not an indie darling like you. But John Cena isn't part of the WWE system. John Cena is part of the John Cena system. And if the fans don't want to cheer me because of you, then I'll just have to remove you from the equation. CM Punk, I'm coming for you. And that WWE Championship of yours too. And then to close things off, he addresses the fans again saying, hassle, disloyalty and neglect. You're going to regret all of it. And there we have it. The John Cena heel turn is in full effect. Now that we have the genesis of the John Cena heel turn, like how it came about and how it was executed, we're going to speed up things up a little bit. So obviously, WWE Champion CM Punk is going to take exception to being called out by Cena. So the next week, he's going to come out and cut a promo on Cena, expressing his shock that CM Punk is blamed for the fans turning on Cena. So CM Punk's going to say things like, you know, I'm not to blame for the fans turning on you, and neither are they to blame for turning on you. The only idiot who is to blame here is you, John. I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but these fans, they like me because I am real. What you get with CM Punk is exactly what you get with Phil Brooks. 
Your whole act, John, your whole essence and repertoire comes across as fake. You're trying too hard to be liked, and that's just sad. So CM Punk just spitting fire at John Cena and his heel turn. But also we can't forget that John Cena said he'd be coming for CM Punk's WWE Championship too. So CM Punk, he's not going to let that one fly either. So on that subject, he's going to say something like, quick reminder, pal, you're on a losing streak, so you aren't coming for this championship anytime soon. Here's how things are going to go. You keep failing to beat guys like Tensai and Damian Sandow, and I'll keep wrestling and winning against bonafide main eventers, like I have been doing for the past 249 days. Uh, CM Punk was, of course, well into his record-setting 434-day WWE Championship reign at this point. But he's right, John Cena. He's on a losing streak, so he can't get a WWE title shot right now. He hasn't earned it. After losses to The Rock, to Lord Tensai, to Brock Lesnar, to Del Rio, and Damian Sandow. And I guess Cena will just have to start racking up wins, but oh wait, the next pay-per-view is Money in the Bank. That's handy. This is going to take place on July 15th, 2012. And in the run-up to the show, John Cena is going to defeat Cesaro in a qualifying match to gain entry to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Note Cesaro, somebody who the fans respect and enjoy. Uh, Cena's already started in his mission to tear down every superstar the fans love. Also, a win over Cesaro would legitimise Cena a little bit here because we all know Cesaro is a tough cookie. And with that, John Cena is now in the Money in the Bank ladder match along with Big Show, Chris Jericho, Kane, and your favourite, The Miz. Put Johnny Ace in there instead. (laughs) And Johnny Ace. Yay! Uh, (laughs) Yay. Uh, But Cena's going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. He's going to pull down the briefcase to guarantee himself a WWE Championship shot whenever he wants it, wherever he wants it. And again, like uh, I don't want to keep going back to this, but this all happened in real life too. Um, Cena did win the Money in the Bank ladder match in 2012. I'm just changing the context a little bit. So that legitimately happened. And now Cena, he can challenge CM Punk for the WWE title. He's going to do this on July 23rd, 2012 at the very special event, Raw 1000. This, of course, was the 1000th episode of Raw. So once again, I'm not deviating from the script too much here because John Cena and CM Punk did wrestle for the WWE Championship on this show in real life. And it was a really good match if you ignore the finish. This is a match where CM Punk surprised everybody by doing a pile driver. Um, you know, a move that was banned by WWE at the time and maybe to this day too. But also, <laughs> just, just while we're here, also on Raw 1000, Heath Slater lost an intergender match to Lita, who also had Road Warrior Animal, Bob Backlund, Bradshaw, Diamond Dallas Page, Donnie the Clown, Farouk, Rikishi, Roddy Piper, Sergeant Slaughter, Psycho Sid, and Vader in our corner. That's cool. See, why couldn't those guys have ran in for the Lord Tensai match? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's much better. laughs> Every single one of those times. And here comes the one of the Road Warriors. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. Well, they just, where are they coming from? Wait, Sergeant Slaughter, but no Finaki. This is bullshit. Ah, oh, it's utter bullshit. He's still burying Finaki to this day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out Attacking Mitchell episode for any context on that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Back to the rebooking. It's heel John Cena cashing in his WWE Championship match against the champion CM Punk. And they'll basically have the same match with a similar finish. Um, In the match in real life, Big Show interfered to cost Cena the match. A similar thing's going to happen here, except it's not Big Show interfering to cost Cena the match. It's Alberto Del Rio. The man who Cena beat the crap out of and put out of action for months. The man who kickstarted John Cena's descent into madness. 
Del Rio interferes to get revenge on Cena, and Cena ain't happy about it. But right, for, for a while, for a while, John Cena's going to take his focus off the WWE Championship and put his focus back on that little prick of Del Rio. So we need to build Cena as a monster hero anyway. The monster has just got a taste of the WWE Championship under his new persona, and that's all we need for now. So let's continue building this new Cena character and kind of familiarising the fans with Cena's new attitude and intentions. So SummerSlam 2012, August 19th, John Cena's going to beat Alberto Del Rio. Now Cena's got his heat back. Del Rio may have beaten Cena under his old persona, but John Cena has changed now. He's not the man he used to be. He's more aggressive, more brutal. Hassle, disloyalty and neglect led him to becoming the new version of himself. Night of Champions 2012, September 16th, John Cena is going up against Damien Sandow, who has now recovered and attempted to take on the steam train that is the new heel John Cena. Cena's going to win this match too, and now he's got wins back over Del Rio and Sandow. And th- those are admittedly two mid-carder-ish feuds, but in my opinion, they needed to happen to get Cena's heat back and to show the clear difference between babyface John Cena, who is a loser, and heel John Cena, who's a winner. Anyway, now it's time to steer back into the big boys. Monday Night Raw, September 17th, 2012. We're going to see the return of Barack Lesnar. Paul Heyman obviously accompanies Brock Lesnar down to the ring. He's going to cut a promo on Brock's behalf. So you see, Brock Lesnar, he's now racked up two victories since returning to WWE. He's beaten John Cena at Extreme Rules, but also in real life, he's beaten Triple H at SummerSlam, which is going to factor into this storyline. Brock Lesnar is going to be looking for his third win, but he's also very aware of what the next pay-per-view is going to be on October 28th, which is Hell in a Cell. Brock misses, Brock misses Hell in a Cell, and he wants his next match to be inside the hellacious structure. All he needs is an opponent. Out comes John Cena. Brock's the next person on his list that he needs to get a win back on. You know What better way to do this than in a Hell in a Cell match? And so it's booked. John Cena will take on Brock Lesnar in Hell in a Cell. There's a match I'd love to see. October 28th, 2012. Hell in a Cell rolls round. And by the way, like I, I just want to say that I fucking hate these fiend pay-per-view names. Um, you know, Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, Extreme Rules. I'm sure there's one called... T- TLC, exactly. Like There's one called Fatal 4-Way ones, which is... <laughs> yeah. What kind of a shitty pay-per-view name is that? Fatal 4-Way. Fucking hell. Anyway, you can only only piss with the cock you've got. So this pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell, which is featuring John Cena versus Brock Lesnar in a Hell in a Cell match. John Cena's going to win this after a bloody battle. He's going to slay the beast that is Brock Lesnar. There'll be a little help, a little bit of help from a steel chain being wrapped around his knuckles, but the victory is still there. Hell in a Cell is no DQ anyway. And like I say, you can afford to beat Brock here. Brock Lesnar's coming off a win over Cena at Extreme Rules and a win over Triple H at SummerSlam. So showing that Cena can now beat Brock Lesnar, a god-tier superstar, would show that heel Cena is a force to be reckoned with. You know, shit is very real right now. Next month, Survivor Series 2012, John Cena and Brock Lesnar are going to have their rubber match. After all, they're one apiece, so this will just be a standard one-on-one match, and Cena's going to win this one again. So he'll now have two victories over Brock Lesnar, and Lesnar's only going to have one over John Cena. After all, Brock Lesnar's in a part-time contract, Cena's there night in, night out, so it only makes sense for him to win this feud. So now Cena's needing a little feud to carry him over to, well, I've got plans for him at the start of 2013, so how about this? Cena said he'd be going after those wrestlers who the fans adore. So at this stage, I can't think of anyone better than Daniel Bryan. 
Daniel Bryan is, and I'm going to use a, a Dylan phrase here, a plucky baby face who got plenty of fan back. He's plucky, but he got plenty of fan back in. So, you know, it would be great for him to go against big bastard heel like John Cena. So TLC, Tables, Ladders and Chairs, December 16th, 2012. And like you said, that's another one of those themed pay-per-view names. They suck. Anyway, it's, it's going to be John Cena versus Daniel Bryan in a Chairs and Chains match. That's right. In this match, Chairs and Chains are both legal. So don't, don't put someone through a table, though, because that's a one-way ticket to get himself disqualified, brother. But... Anyway, I wanted to add chains to this match to really solidify the fact that Cena now uses said chain to beat people up. Like, I, I don't know about you, dude, but I wouldn't want somebody to punch me with a chain wrapped around their fists. That wouldn't be nice. No, it so, hurts. It, hurt. it really hurts. Yeah, exactly. So, John Cena, he, he's going to win this match via the STF, but, you know, instead of locking his hands around the face of Daniel Bryan, he's going to use the chain. Brutal. Heel Cena is brutal. And now, now we're going to steer into the, the finale of the storyline. So, you know, we've still got a few months to book, but trust me, this is, a, this is edging towards the finale. So one more, one more general knowledge test for you, Dylan. Can you remember what hugely popular superstar returned to in-run action at the beginning of 2013? It wasn't Brock Lesnar. It wasn't Shelton Benjamin. It wasn't <sighs> Reno. <laughs> Damn it. Not The Undertaker. Um... Of course it wasn't Reno. <laughs> <laughs> I said hugely popular. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, now I do know this one, right? Is it to do with this storyline in real life? Yes. Okay. Was it, perchance, The Rock? Yes. You got it. You're back on the board. There you go. One for like five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 18 <laughs> and, and one. I think that's maybe that's what it is because like all, all the last questions were 2012, but as soon as we get to January 2013, baby. like you're freaking right, right there. So yeah, yeah, just 2012 blind spot for you in pro wrestling, <laughs> which is weird because I was watching it because CM Punk was a champion. Oh well, yeah, there you go, and and John Laurinaitis was wrestling as well. So you know, I think I only paid attention. I only well, of course, <laughs> yeah, I only paid attention to two wrestlers, CM Punk. John Laurinaitis. <laughs> so shit, isn't it? <laughs> hey, CM Punk is great. Oh, no, no, sorry, yeah, CM Punk, awesome, but John Laurinaitis, <laughs> not so good. That was that was the summer of punk, which um, yeah, we've also rebooked. So yeah, and uh, not the summer of John Laurinaitis. What a <laughs> which is which is coming next week? I'm making kayfabe. <laughs> mm. I mean, you joke about that, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> how can you make that better? That's already perfect. Ah, that's a good point. Fair play. But, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you're absolutely right. The Rock. The Rock's going to return to take on the man who is still the winning WWE champion, CM Punk. So again, much akin to real life. Contractually, The Rock has earned this match. He, he, he's just left it a while to cash it in. This is a match that is set to go down at the 2013 Royal Rumble. Now, of course, John Cena... He, he certainly has some thoughts and feelings about The Rock returning. I'm sure I don't need to remind anybody, but John Cena lost to The Rock at the once-in-a-lifetime match at WrestleMania 28 last April. So since then, John Cena hasn't quite been the same. And, and now The Rock's getting a WWE Championship match. Oh boy, this is going to explode. So The Rock and CM Punk have their feud. And exactly as it happened in real life. I can't rewrite, you'll remember this, I can't rewrite the Your Arms Are Too Short to Box With God promo. Um just wouldn't be right. Um, just so good. John Cena, meanwhile, he's got one eye on The Rock and one eye on the Royal Rumble match. 
And he knows what he needs to do to completely redeem himself. He needs to win the Royal Rumble match and go on to WrestleMania to face the WWE Champion. If that champion happens to be CM Punk, great. John Cena can redeem what happened at Raw 1000, where he failed to win the WWE title, thanks to interference from Del Rio. If the champion happens to be The Rock, well, even fucking better. Perfect. Maybe perfect. So... The 2013 Royal Rumble rolls by. John Cena wins the 2013 Royal Rumble, uh, during which he's going to eliminate Lord Tensai, by the way, wrapping up that part of the story. And it basically means that he's going to go on to WrestleMania 29 to face the WWE Champion. In the main event, The Rock defeats CM Punk to become the WWE Champion. And again, both of these things happened in real life. So this makes it official. It's The Rock versus John Cena twice in a lifetime at WrestleMania 29 for the WWE Championship. Except there's going to be a slight speed bump here and basically one more twist before WrestleMania, bro. One more swerve, bro. John Cena, he's going to keep his distance from The Rock and CM Punk in the meantime. You know, he's got his championship match in the bag and he knows all that he has to do is wait until WrestleMania. So, you know, why would he put himself into their feud to complicate things? They can do whatever the hell they want because whoever kicks the other person's ass the most will face John Cena at WrestleMania. So he's going to take the backseat for a little while while CM Punk and The Rock work out their shit. He can he can sit in the sidelines or he can be in singles matches and beat beat the shit out of guys like Rey Mysterio, Santino Morella, Zack Ryder, Rob Van Dam to kind of like tune himself up for WrestleMania and just really make the fans hate him because they're, they're taking on all, all the fan favorites. Elimination Chamber 2013, CM Punk is entitled to his championship rematch after losing the belt. So the main event for this show is also The Rock versus CM Punk, except The Rock is now the champion defending his belt. In the match, they wrestle for 20 minutes or so until there's a double down spot in the ring. Both The Rock and CM Punk are flat on their backs. The referee's counting to 10, uh, about to end the match with a draw, and then out comes John Cena. So he's here. He walks down to the ring. He steps into the ring. The referee gets in his face saying, you know, you can't be out here. And Cena doesn't care. He's got a big, the big chain wrapped around his fist. He decks the referee with the chain. The Rock gets to his feet. Cena decks him with the chain. CM Punk gets to his feet. Cena decks him with the chain too. And he stands in the middle of the ring and he holds up the WWE Championship as the crowd brew and the crowd jeer and chant Cena sucks and just show exactly how much they fucking hate him. John Cena drinks it and he's loving this. But why? Why did John Cena do it? Why did he bother interrupting and ruining this match if he was getting a title shot at WrestleMania anyway? And it's simple. John Cena needs to get wins back over The Rock and CM Punk, so what better way to do this than on the same night at WrestleMania? And do you know what? The, the only thing that can make this better is if we're doing it, he also won the WWE Championship at the same time. So, you know, why not make it for the WWE Championship too? So... That's right. It means that there's going to be a slight alteration to the match at WrestleMania 29. It's no longer The Rock versus Cena for the second time. It's The Rock versus Cena versus Punk for the first time. Triple threat, baby. And uh, the promos alone leading up to this feud between like two, three, three of the best ever would be just incredible. And so there it is, WrestleMania 29, April 7th, 2013, triple threat match. To, to increase the stakes even more, we're going to make it an elimination triple threat match, meaning that it will require two pinfalls to become champion, not one. And yeah, this shit writes itself from here. Like, So here comes the match. In the triple threat match, John Cena is going to pin both CM Punk and The Rock to cement himself as a true WWE champion after over a year of redemption and sanity. 
After the match, John Cena is going to stand in the middle of the ring as WWE Champion. There'll probably still be John Cena sucks chance, but that's okay because Cena is going to get on the microphone and address them by saying, you can keep telling me I suck, but deep down, you know it's not true. And so where do you go from here? Like, fucking anywhere you want, man. Like, you've got John Cena, heel John Cena, established as a WWE champion. You could have him hold that belt forever until the next big babyface star comes along to dethrone him. You know, pick literally any name on the roster and you could have, easily have a, a two-month feud out of it with Cena's new persona. And it wouldn't just be awesome to see on TV, but it would have forced WWE to make a new top babyface too because you need somebody to be on par with John Cena. You could have Cena be heel for years, and then once he's babyface again, I guarantee he's going to be cheered when he comes out because that the respect will be there. But yeah, in conclusion, that's how I would have booked John Cena's heel turn. Okay, now there's a lot going on with this storyline. You know, it's a very you've, you've rebooked an entire year, mm-hmm. which isn't easy, and you hit like a lot of good points. Like at first, like you kind of do the slow burn at first, like. You know, John Cena's like, what do you want from me? You know, I'm still, uh, you know, it's it's the other people poking at him that yeah. kind of, tur- and it takes a couple of months and he kind of takes a bit of time off to cool down. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. You know, I like that bit, like him building up to it. And then eventually, you know, once he's, once he, you can see the point, like, you know, he, he loses to Brock Lesnar and then later on in the year he beats Brock Lesnar. Like you can see that progression, but you can also yeah. see like, like the progression in like, not just his, not just his own like mental uh, state of being but also like his anger like he's he's becoming more aggressive and he's becoming more angry and th- i i really like how that played out what i re- like the most to be honest with you is the triple threat at wrestlemania mm-hmm. because then that way you do have the rock versus john cena as a real once in a lifetime thing and then also give somebody a- another once in a lifetime thing which is a triple threat match between the rock cm punk and john cena which as you rightly said is between three of the best guys in the business, not just three of the best promos in the business, but three guys mm-hmm. who could fucking work, right? That would be an incredible match. I really liked that bit. That was really, really good. And I think that by, because then you can see like by WrestleMania, that's the cultivation of all of the stuff he's gone through that, that past year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I dig it. You know, I think you had a, you had a, you had a hell of a time. You had a big task in front of you. You know, doing this John Cena heel turn, and I think he did a pretty good job, man. I think, yeah, I think he nailed it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I've been working this one for a while, and it's good to good to finally have it done. But I've got, by the way, like um, at this time when John Cena is the top people, like I was thinking as well. I've got little notes here, but who who do you make the top babyface to replace John Cena? Because like like we said at the start of the episode, like you got the reason they didn't turn him was because of merch sales, and if you turned to you, his merch sales would drop. But who who better than Brock Lesnar? Um, you know, dude was ridiculously popular. He was a better heel, but to keep the money rolling in from merch sales and all the rest, I think it's sensible to make Brock Lesnar your number one babyface at this point. You know, kids would love Brock Lesnar. I know that because when Brock Lesnar was a babyface in his first WWE run, I was a huge fan of the guy, and I was like twelve, and I was like eleven or twelve years old at the time. And if that doesn't work, CM Punk. You know, CM Punk's the only person to ever outsell John Cena in merchandise. And uh, believe it or not, I don't know if you know this one, but that legitimately got to the stage where WWE tampered with CM Punk's merchandise so that John Cena would become the number one merch seller again. And 
that's not me just spinning lies because that that was said by Court Bauer, a former WWE writer on the MLW podcast. When CM Punk was outselling Cena, they apparently stopped making CM Punk merchandise and made free new John Cena designs so that he could start raking in more merch. Wow. So you know, utter bullshit and like, like ridiculous. How, stu- how stupid is that, man? This guy's you're, making money yeah. for your company, and they're like, "No more. We don't want that money." I'm like, "Why not? Yeah. People are paying for cry- that shit." You're crying out for a top babyface as well, like somebody to take over from Cena, and you're like, "Oh, let's just stop this guy's merchandise." You know, it's fucking ridiculous. But and you've got Rey Mysterio as well. But yeah, who's just merch, 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 like mass mm-hmm. sales and all that. Oh, so, yeah. and uh, speaking of your boy CM Punk, um, one of the uh, one of the contributing factors to him leaving WWE was not was him not getting his WrestleMania main event. So you remember the podcast with Cole Cabana? He, mm-hmm. he felt like a pawn in the feud between the two superstars, Rock and Cena. Uh, he literally pitched the triple threat match at WrestleMania to Vince McMahon, and it was shot down. So wow. like. I don't want to go out and allow him too much here, but if the WrestleMania 29 main event was a triple threat, would CM Punk have left WWE in 2014? Like, maybe not, you know? Like, yeah, wa- dude, I don't know, man. I think yeah. people would have really wanted to see that match. Yeah, and so would CM Punk. CM Punk wanted his main event, so... He deserved it. Yeah, he did. He he, he was WWE champion for what, 434 days or something, so, like, yeah, he certainly, certainly deserved it, but... And, like, one more thing, like, this is a... This is probably the making kayfabe storyline which has kept itself kind of most in line with what actually did happen in real life like, yeah you know, i mean that's Cena, another thing yeah. you really hit on a lot of points that you you were taking things that happened in real life and you were like okay we'll work this we'll work with it we'll work this into the storyline yeah. like him winning the royal rumble and um there was all oh, there was the, him and brock lesnar but there was something yeah. else he did. There was um, a, like, oh, see, yeah. he, he did lose to Rocket WrestleMania. He did lose to Lord Tensai. He did win Money in the Bank. He yeah, did fail to cash in his yeah. Money in the Bank at Raw 1000. He did win the Royal Rumble, like you said. The Rock did defeat CM Punk for the WWE Championship. And then Cena did go on to WrestleMania to win the WWE Championship. So, mm. like, it all legitimately happened in real life. So, like, like, I just. You, yeah. you kept it all within the realms of possibility. Like, they could have done Exactly. This. They easily could have done Literally. It basically shows, like, in my opinion, it shows that we could have done this in, in real life with no bother at all. But it's a shame it didn't happen. But it was, it was nice to write about what could have been, you know. Hmm. Also, it's nice to continue to talk about CM Punk. Exactly. Like, we've not touched on CM Punk quite well. Has he even been in any of our storylines since the first episode? It's funny that we haven't really talked about him since then, and he was yeah, the one that kicked this whole thing off. It was it's it's all him, you know. Thanks, Ian Punk. <laughs> Love you, Punk. Come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> CM Punk, can you do a really good Vince Russo impression? <laughs> Come pick it like Russo with us. <laughs> Listen, bro. Bro. CM Punk wearing a Pope hat, all right? <laughs> CM Pope. <laughs> ah! All right. That's enough of that. Uh, so, <laughs> are you ready for some Keith Sambola? You know it know it all right woo woo, woo you know it that's woo, woo, uh, woo. i believe that was johnny yes's catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening to making kayfabe welcome to kayfabe tombola uh this is normally where the show goes dramatically downhill mm-hmm. uh 
<laughs> in all seriousness, uh, we have a lot of fun with KF Tombola. So basically, I have four wrestler names and four scenarios here, numbered one to four in letter day to D, which have been sent in by our one of our awesome listeners. Dylan here is going to give me a random number letter combination like a 4D or a 2A, and then he's going to have 60 seconds to spin the greatest wrestling storyline of all time with the wrestler and scenario he's being given. It sounds simple, right? Last week we heard all about Hillbilly Jim becoming a headbanger and joining forces with Al Snow's head, so literally anything can happen here. And uh, you're going to love this one, Dylan. This week's Kayfabe Timbola comes from our boy, CJ Palmasano from the oh. Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Hello. Big love for CJ. Such a cool dude. Uh, excellent podcast host. He wouldn't um, He wouldn't do me wrong like this, would he? Oh, I don't know. He's a good guy. <laughs> he, he's a good guy. He wouldn't, He you know, we got on well. He's going to He's gonna do me a favor, you know? This- these are all... Well, I've just read them, actually. I'm not done. <laughs> he screwed you over, man. But, but it's fine. Well, let's see. Let's see. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Give me your... Give, give me one number and one letter, please. I would like one four. One four? Well, you no, need that doesn't a, make any sense. Letter. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you had one job. One... I do I do this every week. I'd like, I'd like one, two, three, four, please. Um, I would like one D. Okay. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> dude. Like this is actually a very, very good one. Um, you, you'll like this. But all right, do I know who you could have had for the wrestlers? Yes. So you could have had Kyle O'Reilly. Oh. Didn't get him. Huh? You could have had Bobby Fish. Oh. Uh oh. Yeah. You could. <laughs> you could have had Roderick Strong. Ooh, but I didn't get him. I wonder who I, who I did oh. get. Who, who could it be? Do you have any guesses? Uh, Tensai. Yes. <laughs> no, nah, you got Adam Cole. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, yeah, you um, you mentioned you like the Undisputed Era, so I think you played. I love but... the Undisputed Era. Nice. So, you've got Adam Cole, but these scenarios, dude, fucking hell, like, here's what, here's, you're going to love the scenario you did get, but here we go. So, <laughs> here's what you didn't get. So, mm. you could have got Adam Cole squashes Brock Lesnar. Oh, um, man. Could have written that. Didn't get that. You could have got Adam Cole gets rid of the 24-7 title. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't get that. You I really <laughs> wish I got this. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I really wish I got squashed in the Brock Lesnar one. Man. <laughs> Can I do that to... one after? <laughs> <laughs> Great idea, Here's bro. one. One more, one more that you didn't get, and this would have been impossible. So I'm absolutely glad you didn't get this one. Oh but... wait, wait, wait! Impossible? No, I yes. want you to do that because I think I can do it. I don't even have to hear what it is. I want to do the impossible one. Dude, trust me, you, you could have got Adam Cole makes Nia Jax a good wrestler. Okay, you're right. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but what you did get, and I, I fucking love this. Like this is hilarious. What you did get, your Kayfair Tambola today, Dylan, is Adam Cole <laughs> can't stop beating up Michael Cole. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You can't stop beating him up. It just. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry that I can't help it. Punch, punch, punch. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Adam Cole can't stop beating up Michael Cole. Are you are you happy with that? Are you are you ready? <laughs> oh yes, sir. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna set a one minute timer on my phone. You're gonna like I... this. I've already figured it out. You're gonna love this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, 
here we go. So Adam Cole can't stop beating up Michael Cole. I'm going to give you that in three, two, one. Book that Cole. All right, so Michael Cole is like doing commentary for one of the big events that's happening. And let's say it's the main events, John Cena versus uh, Horse. And it's a really big event. And John, uh, Michael Cole's doing the business with the talking. And so out of the crowd, who is it? It's Adam Cole, and he's punching Michael Cole in the face. What the fuck? <laughs> so the match is obviously called off, and the security grab my, uh, Adam Cole, and they pull him away. So the next night of Raw, uh, Michael Cole's out there and he's like, I'm just doing my job, doing this announcement. And then again, through the crowd, here comes Adam Cole. So he's punching him in the face. What the fuck's going on? I don't know if we can remember if Michael Cole's on Raw or SmackDown these days. Whatever, he's on one of the shows. And eventually, after this happens for weeks, they have, they do a, like a face-to-face, not a face-to-face thing, but they have an interview where they're like, what the hell's going on here, Adam Cole? Why you keep beating up Michael Cole? And Adam Cole's like, because he's my father. <laughs> 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 He's Daddy Cole. That's my father. Father and son, Adam and Michael Cole. We're the Coles. The Cole boys. That's what they call us. And um, Michael Cole's like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you, buddy? Time's <laughs> up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So hold on, like let me just—he's <laughs> he's beating up Michael Cole because he's his father. Yeah, that's that's the reason. Yeah, because <laughs> then after that, you're like, well, there's obviously some kind of really deep-seated like resentment between ah, Michael okay. Cole and Adam Cole. What could what could the what could the conflict be? What did of Michael course. Cole do to Adam Cole to make his own son want to beat the shit out of him constantly? You know, exactly. boy, he must have done something really horrible. That's it. You've only got sixty seconds to work with as well, so you know that that can that can be our part too sometime How in the future. How perfect was that that they both had the surname Cole? I'm like, I was ah. thinking that. I was genuinely thinking that when I said it. I was like, I know exactly what you're going to do here. It's gonna be the. Fa- <laughs> it's always the father thing. I was always thinking about would have been funnier if I'd done you're my brother. Because then you look at Adam Cole and oh, yeah. Michael Cole beside each other, and you're like, "Your brothers? You one of you is like 30 years old and the other one." <laughs> did you just do that? Yeah, you, you just did that with um, oh, what was it, Billy Gunn and uh, <laughs> fucking Kip Sabian, didn't you? <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I do that a lot, don't I? Yeah, just keeping didn't it in the family. Do, but... Didn't they do one where uh, Triple H and Ric Flair were brothers or something? Yes. <laughs> What but but it? that was that that was the actual that was the actual storyline that, that you were given that I'm pretty sure yeah. so that's it that's what started it all off <laughs> like, no and now this is my go to thing just everybody's yeah. believe it to everybody else you know oh, the man, impossible that's, that's, one by the way you know the Nia, the Nia Jax one I'm like yeah. Adam how does Adam Cole make Nia Jax the greatest uh, a better wrestler well he just kills off all the other wrestlers including himself <laughs> including himself. <laughs> Until there's only Nia Jax is left. Therefore, technically, by definition, she is the best wrestler. And also still the worst. Also still the worst, yes. <laughs> Thanks again to CJ Palmasano. I appreciate you sending us in, dude. Check out the Not Another Wrestling podcast. If you want to be like CJ and submit your own kayfabe tombola, just DM us at makingkayfabe or email us at makingkayfabe at gmail.com. CJ, you're going to have to have us on the show again so we can talk about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's break that down, yeah. You got some words, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Making Kayfabe's Take on the John Cena heel turn, and ah, we've only got one more episode left in season three. Like, literally, that's that's 11 episodes in this season already. It's crazy. Time has definitely flown by in this season, right? 
but hey guys if you enjoyed the episode and you have a spare minute the best way you can say thanks is by leaving us a cheeky five star review on whatever platform you're listening to this on it really does go a long way in helping us grow this show and making it as good as it can be you can follow us at Making Kayfabe on Twitter. Email us feedback at makingkayfabe at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. Oh, yeah, we're on Instagram now. We finally caught up to 10 years ago. We're Making Kayfabe on there too. And we've also got some kick ass t shirts at makingkayfabe.redbubble.com. Check them out, they're very cool. Dylan, next week is the finale of season three. Do you have a, a wee hint for what the storyline we're going to end the season on? Well, you have ended your season three with a really big one. Mm. Really big one. So I thought I'm going to have to do something similar. So i got to get a, a story that really tugs on the heartstrings. Ooh. You know, that really delivers. And Interesting. I think, I think, uh, I think, I think you're going to like it. You're not going to feel too screwed over about it, you know? <laughs> is that one too obvious <laughs> I like it <laughs> so yeah, next week Johnny Ace so I'm looking forward to that <laughs> Johnny Ace and Tensai they were brothers all along <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh boy alright folks that's it from us today next week will be the final episode of season 3 and also we're going to have some pretty big news in episode 2 which we can't wait to share with you guys until then, I've been Bryce, he's been Dylan, and we'll see you next week for another sexy awesome edition of Making Kayfabe. <laughs>